0: Welcome to the Life-Giving Leader Podcast. Welcome back to the Life-Giving Leader Podcast. I know it's been a little while, everyone. As a matter of fact, it's been a long while, but there's been a lot going on, a lot in our world, and that's part of what this podcast today is all about. Uh, we finished season one a while ago. I am currently working on season two, which is all going to be interviews with people who led something they didn't start. And that will tie into the book release of Leading Things You Didn't Start on March 2nd. And go for a while and let, let's interview people who are walking through a lot of that leadership content and have walked through it so we can see how realistic this content is for um, for you as you step into those spaces. But today is just one-off Podcast. I've mentioned this for a long time in the first season, but I've got my friend Josh Turner. Hey, Josh. What's up? So, Josh and I, um, a few months ago, by a few months ago, almost a year ago now, I guess. Yeah, what was it? About a year April? ago. Yeah, April, April, uh, May? Yeah, yeah. We, we've been friends a while. Josh now lives four minutes from me. Mm-hmm. And um, we are going to let you know a little bit about what we're up to. And I've mentioned this a few times, but we started a nonprofit. It is called 10. The number 10, 10 project. Uh, and Josh tell us
1: like tell everybody, well first of all, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Who, who the heck is Josh Turner? Well, I'm usually a letdown because people think I'm the country music singer, <laughs> and then they see me and they're just disappointed. Even and, though our uh, friend, as we record this today, yeah, it's number has one the on Number one song on it's iTunes. Pretty, it's a great song. He was on too. Jimmy Fallon. Have you I never mean, heard it? No, oh, dude. No. it's awesome. <laughs> this is so our buddy Thad well, I really like your song. <laughs> He's
0: the one that was on Jimmy Fallon this week because Jimmy heard his song in a hardware
1: store. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? You don't know this whole story? No, I don't know anything, dude. I, I'm going to tell my story instead because all I do is fast and pray. That's all I do. If you know me, let me explain that that's not true. Go (laughs) ahead.
0: So Josh Turner, who are you as a non-country singer?
1: As a non-country singer, I've been uh, a pastor for 17 years, Uh, was a church planner, Uh, was at a church for 16 years. Now I'm with an executive pastor at a church in Los Angeles. Uh, I work for One Hope. Which is totally logical. Which is totally logical. Well, I just couldn't, I can't live in California, (laughs) man. I'm, I'm too southern. Um, and so I work for, uh, One Hope. I help ARC with church planning and then you and I started a nonprofit and a business in a global pandemic. (laughs) Because why not? Uh, I've been married for, as I always tell people, I've been married for uh, 17 years, about to have an 18-year-old, so I wasn't always serving Jesus, if you can do math, and uh, I have a 13-year-old daughter that is severely special needs, which is actually why we ended up moving to Georgia because we ended up, she got diagnosed for the first time ever. At 12 years old, uh, or no, 11 years old, as the 12th known case in the world as a rare genetic disorder, which caused us to lose all of our Medicaid in the state of Florida. So then we ended up moving to uh, Atlanta four minutes down the road from you guys. That's wild. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's, uh, I think Josh and I both even sitting, even if we had done this podcast a few months ago, we probably wouldn't even have the perspective that we have now of God's kind of faithfulness, the way He's orchestrated things. You and I both went through some pretty serious seasons of uh, ministry, kind of pain and trauma, yeah, yeah. disappointment. And coming out of those, uh, it's, it's grown us and leadership. But what's been the most consistent connection in our friendship is seeing leaders and caring for pastors. Yeah. Um, I think I've always known in the last probably 10 years of my calling that leading leaders and pastoring pastors is something I care about it's something. Yeah. I did a catalyst. It's something I've cared about. You were a pastor, mm-hmm. but you've always had that piece to you. haven't? Yeah. You?
1: Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like when I was pastoring in Orlando, you know, what was unique was when we went to the city, which to, I'm in Orlando way more than you are you now, are That's now. Crazy Yeah, except I there. fly there tomorrow to do a men's conference. Go. So, um, so when we moved there, uh, it was right after two of the largest pastors had really come out that, you know, they had had affairs. Unfortunately, one ended up committing suicide in it. And so we end up showing up in the city and we're pastoring the people that, you know, had walk, had left these churches. and And what I started seeing was not only the toll that it took. Personally, on those families, but also the toll that it took on the person sitting in the church right, right. when they lose their pastor. And listen, I'm, I'm not saying anything about those pastors. We all make mistakes. We all do dumb stuff. Tyler, way more than me, because um, I just fast and pray as we've previously discussed. <laughs> but um, As we've made clear. As yes, we've made very clear. And, uh, but man, I, I really saw it. And then, you know, unfortunately, uh, you and I have lost some friends to suicide in ministry. And, and I've had some friends that have had you know, been immoral in their marriages and right. ministry. Yeah, and they're out of ministry, even if it wasn't yeah. that ultimate decision. And I'll never forget, I think the thing that always broke me for pastors was um, one of my best friends who you know really well, I'm not going to say his name on here, but he ended up um, having an affair. He was a pastor. He lived with me and my wife for three months. And I'll never forget us driving home from church one night and him in the front seat on the phone uh, with his two young sons as I could hear them crying through the phone and I could hear, and he was crying in my passenger seat trying to explain why dad couldn't come home. And And that has, I mean, that was probably, man, that was probably 12 years ago. And that'll mark you. Oh dude. I mean, I I remember walking home to my wife, Becca and looking her in the eye and saying, I will, I I can promise you, I can't promise you I'm going to be perfect, but I can promise you I will never cheat on you. Right. And, and so ever since then it was one of these things where I was like, I don't, I don't, regardless of whether you like somebody or not, you don't ever want to see somebody no, it's walk through that. Yeah. And and so it really started breaking me for people in ministry. And then I was a pastor and a and a church planner. And, dude, you know, I hate to say it this way, but pastoring a church, man, if you're not careful, it will steal your soul. Sure. And it so, can. It, oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And
0: it's not just... It's not just the uh, the spiritual component of it. Most no. of the time that's that's the part you love the most, it's the leadership <laughs> yeah, component. It's the leadership. It, it's like day in and day out I'm supposed to be a CEO of a small to mid-sized yep. company. Never had any training on that. Nope. All my training was on teaching and preaching the, the 30 minutes on Sunday or an hour depending yep. on your your tradition. And and then, you know, the other 40 hours a week I've got to be a CEO. I've got to be a really good leader to a staff. I've got to make sure the elders feel developed and cared for and included and then oh by the way i have to be theologically sound concise clear and
1: funny every sunday or people will tell me and they'll leave yeah and you have to raise money right so there's no pressure i mean no no there's pretty straightforward yeah it's um it just has a way and like and, and what was so funny is when i went and planted the church i had been you know Running a large college ministry, fairly successful, I guess you could say in ministry. So in my head, I'm like, "Oh, I'm I'm ready. Right. I'm I'm prepared. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna crush this." And like four years in, you're like, "Dear God, how do I get out of this?" Right. You know, and you're just you're 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 in something that you didn't even, you can't understand it until you walk in it. Sure, you know, and that's what I really learned, and and I see all my friends, especially now in the in the COVID world right. and everything going on with, you know, politics and racism and, and, and all the stuff that's happening. You're just like, dear God, it, these guys are carrying so much. They are. And the target keeps moving, which makes it even, even oh, harder. So, yeah. so
0: here's one let me, let's back everybody up for a second. Cause what's beautiful about, uh, really Josh's story and some of these other guys who are connected to, um, this nonprofit we started is we've had enough moments in ministry that have taken certain leaders away from ministry mm-hmm. um, what I love about your story honestly about what I I believe like this isn't an indication of whether or not we believe in the church it's not an indication of whether or not we love the church yeah if anything it's a reminder of the calling of what we have the truth is it's there's just still realistic, or whether they're unrealistic or realistic expectations, there are expectations and there's realities. Mm-hmm. And the more successful you become in ministry, the more isolated you tend to oh, yeah, become. Right? Because now your friends are either on payroll because they're yep. they're they're with you or they're they go to your church. So yep. if you as a pastor or a leader have something you need to talk about in a safe place, they aren't safe anymore. No. Right? Then you've got elders who probably don't know what to do with well, some and, of the and, things and you then, need to talk and about. And then
1: part of it too is like the reality is, and I've walked through this already this year with a few guys, if you go to your elders and you're struggling with something, they could have already thought that you weren't doing a great job and then just remove you. Right. And then you're like, no, yeah. I just needed help. Right. I, you know, yeah,
0: Like to say, hey, I need two grand to go to therapy. That, yeah. What, what do you need? What's the problem? What's yeah. the thing? And what we have to realize is, is leaders of churches are men and women. Like absolutely, like we are as much that the problem the the challenge is. It's not a problem. It's just the challenge. Is there's just a a, when you go in ministry and rightfully so you're you're held to a different standard of character, Mm -hmm. a different standard of morality, and what we find is well we still struggle with some of the
1: same things. People have an expectation of how we're supposed to live our lives. Well, and and then what's so crazy is and 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 this is hard and this is whatever. It doesn't matter when you get into ministry. The things that you've struggled with in the past, they're they're still there. Right. You you have to manage them differently. But then like what, when I was good looking before ministry yeah, and I struggled yeah. with that you once did. I went it was into your cross it to it. bear. <laughs> it was absolutely. And so but then what happens is the pressure of ministry, if you haven't dealt properly with those things sure. in your past, the pressure of ministry causes those things to raise their heads again. Yep. And and what I'm I'm seeing, and I think you are too, is all of us, every human being on this earth, we have things from our past. Right. Like find me one man that doesn't have a father wound. Right. Dear God, right. dad, if you're listening, I love you. But like it, it is that thing. And so what happens is so weird. <laughs> it is well, because he'll listen to it and call me later and be like, I wasn't a good father. And I'm like, no, you're a great dad, but come on. Right. You know what? I'll leave it at that. So, but it's one of those things like it, the pressure, just causes things that you thought you once had victory over through jesus to kind of they can kind of come well back. and let's be real clear scripture says there's an enemy that's waiting to kill still and still steal and, steal, steal, yeah. and destroy <laughs> i was like southern side he's <laughs> and, gonna steal it but from you. the
0: truth is that like you and here and we're going to give you guys a little more insight of what we're doing with 1010 project right now or um as we move forward in this but you and I both looked at each other at one point as we were praying about, are we supposed to do this? And we recognize, I, I could see in your face. I, mm-hmm. I think you could see in mine. This is not an endeavor to be taken lightly because no. we're going after the hearts of men and women who are leading really important influential ministry space. Yeah. And the enemy hates that. Like the last few for weeks sure. for me spiritually, as we are about to launch into our first excursion with 17 pastors. Yeah. I've felt the cloud, I've felt the things, I've had the triggers, I've had the things that the enemy tries to throw. We've watched some of these pastors have things thrown at them that would distract them or try to keep them yeah. from these trips and do the things that are from being a part and participating in our in our um process and we just committed to praying. Like yeah. it's we are fighting for our brothers and sisters in ministry. That's what. So the the kind of thing that um really tipped us into saying yes to do this to the Lord cuz uh Frankly, I was good. I was enjoying my own business. Mm-hmm. Josh was doing some of his own stuff, and um we were together in in March a year ago and uh with our friend a fellow fellow friend Brad Lominick uh, with a bunch of pastors and I, I think God was stirring us before this. but the guy who had led the time with these pastors was a guy named Darren Patrick and he was a friend of ours, really close friend of yours, Josh. Mm-hmm. We had a really powerful night together. Um, just me and you and him and a couple guys. And, and it was really
1: Dude, dudes that were all
0: wounded. <laughs> yeah. But just being able to process with a guy who'd been through some pretty hard Yo, stuff. Yeah. And then you and I get calls, uh, what three, four weeks later mm-hmm. and Darren had taken his life. And yeah. for me, that was the third pastor friend in 12 months Yeah, who had done the same thing. And that's what stirred our souls to go. Okay. Yeah. We're tired of losing our friends.
1: Like I, I know for you and I both, it was like, I don't, oh, I just, it's still confusing. I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's still like it's still one of those things, and I think you know, you know this, but Darren and I were in the process of like trying to build this, right? Yeah. And we were we had just started, and we were thinking through it and everything, and then, I, I mean, I, I, I talked to him the morning of, and it it just floored me, and, you know, man, it you just look at it and you say, okay, it it if this is what I always say, if Jesus says His yoke is easy and His burden is light. What are we doing in ministry that is causing so many guys, and myself included, I've been down this road, like so many guys to like burn out, make poor decisions. Like, is it isolation? Is it, it's, it's all of these different components like together. Um, not well, like what we mentioned earlier, like you were trained
0: yeah. to teach oh, and dude. yet 80% well, of I your Well, I wasn't job, trained for anything. I went to <laughs> Florida State fair. University. I mean, I barely graduated. <laughs> but you're, you're, if you go to seminary, you go to get a degree or whatever, yeah. it's, it's in teaching. It's in exegesis. It's in hermeneutics, but it's not in leadership, which yeah. is 80% of what you're doing most of the time. And so you don't feel yeah. equipped to do the job.
1: Conflict management. Right. I love that stuff, yeah. Josh. You Good know that. Lord. I know you do. So
0: here's what's. Cool. Josh and I just started praying about this. We had four or five places. We were like, ah, maybe we do this. But there was something really clear. We, I felt, I think we both felt at the same time was that the Lord was calling us to do it. Mm -hmm. And, we were just going to trust that he would open doors if that was the case. And so what we started in, uh, tell them a little bit how the name came about, Josh.
1: Yeah. So we, we had, we'd kept going back and forth between names and I'm one of those guys, I can't stand naming things. I'm not good at it, but there was this one scripture. His dog's name's Dog. I mean, yeah, it's just yeah, 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 yeah. I call my wife, wife. Um, um, she calls, me an, she calls me an idiot. And so, uh, we, uh, there was this scripture that I loved. It's Ecclesiastes ten ten that says using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. And that was the thing that I kept coming back to was like, you know, so many guys are out there, they're hammering away, they're swinging away, they're doing all this stuff. And it's not just wisdom that they need, but it's also friendship. Yeah. It's, it's the right Tools to be able to use to put health in your life, to make decisions, to put up barriers, to put up roadblocks, all of these different things. And what I've seen so much in ministry is guys, most of the time, I'm not gonna say 100% of the time, most of the time, they don't have a safe place to be able to have these conversations. They don't. And so I kept telling Tyler, I was like, man, I was like, I really like these. And I, I remember I was walking out of Publix and you texted him and you said, what about, we just call it 1010. And I was like, I think we, you know, we need another word. And then you texted me project. And I was like, yep, there it is. Like it was just one of those things that came together. And what was unique was we already had the logo made that had the ax and the crook crossed in it and it lined up with the scripture. And so that's really where the name came from, which I'm very proud of because I thought (laughs) it was really good. And really it's, yeah,
0: Ecclesiastes 1010. And a uh, little uh, PSA, public service announcement. We have some friends in ministry that actually have a, a ministry called Ten Ten Ministries. Uh, the the numbers ten and ten. Ours is the number ten, the word ten. But they do incredible marriage retreats and yep. other things. And so if you if you see that, you know, check out with them. We're actually going to partner with them on some potential marriage stuff and things. But yep. here here's where my years in event world and you and I doing a lot of different trips with different leaders came into play, as we recognized... It can't be just one thing. Yeah. And we have a lot of friends that are really good at, uh, say, a a four-day excursion where guys get out and they disconnect and they feel safe. One of the challenges we've always felt is we've watched guys who don't have safe places to speak. They'll go away for two or three days. They'll finally feel safe, Mm -hmm. say a few things, but then they go right back home to a place where they they no longer have that option. And so we knew it needed to be something that was longer than a, a two or three day retreat. I have always loved coaching. That's what the business is built on. I, I know that consistent monthly interaction with someone speaking into your life, working, walking alongside of you is important. Yeah. But then the thing that you and I both believed, well, and obviously connection, we want community, create some relationships. Yeah. But one of the big, big, unique pieces to the 1010 project that we're doing is the middle of this 12-month process these pastors will go through. Mm -hmm. And that's taking them through... A curated on-site experience with our friends from on-site in Nashville.
1: Yeah, why don't you explain a little bit about what that looks like? Because you've been through it. I haven't actually been through it, which I'm excited to. Because I I know they're going to dig to just see the tears. (laughs) I (laughs) I know they're going to dig up stuff. (laughs) Tell Miles to get ready to ride ride the dragon. Well, so Miles
0: Adcox, um, he and Bob Goff just bought this property out in San Diego. It's a it's called the Oaks, which Mm -hmm. was a young life camp. But we're going to take pastors after four or five months of being together. Uh, take them through this four-day therapeutic retreat with uh, on-site, and basically on-site is they have a program called Living Centered, and it is the idea of uh, you go through this group therapy together and work on some of the obstacles that you trip over co- occasionally, yep. you know. And a lot of that, almost all of it, deals with something in the past. Yep, that's the big difference between coaching and counseling and, and consulting. And is let's be
1: clear, we're not doing the counseling. No, OnSite, yes. on-site
0: that yes. the thing that we feel like the Lord gave us really clearly from the beginning was let's partner with the best in the world at this stuff. And so that's why we've partnered with Wilderness Collective and Refuge Foundation to do the excursions we take the guys on and the girls on. And then on-site, they will do the therapy. We are just going to add to the extra space, worship or prayer, whatever the things are that we feel like are necessary in those days. But um, So the idea of now you kick it off, and that's why it's fun that we're doing this. We're literally about to head out to Jackson Hole, Wyoming with 17 pastors and, and have two trips of guys starting this process for a 12 month yeah. thing. And they're going to meet the guys that are going to be in their world for the next, um, the next year. Then we'll do monthly coaching with each, each group, all of us together with, uh, like we've got Mark Batterson, our friend Mark yep. Batterson, the first month, he's going to do an hour with everybody about some content, some leadership training. We're going to talk everything about how to lead an elder board. I know that sounds super elementary, but it's not. What does it look like to um, you know, have Henry Cloud talking about yeah. the health of your uh, soul and the health of how do you take care of people well? It, just those sorts of things. And each, each group will then separate out for an hour and spend some time checking in on each other, making sure nobody's isolated or needing help. I think, Josh, one of the keys for you and I both from day one was we wanted to be a nonprofit. Yeah. Specifically because we realized this isn't going to be it. Like, guys, we're going to get in here. And there's going to be some guys that desperately need marriage uh, counseling, yep. or there's going to be some addiction stuff that we have to deal with. Being a nonprofit allows us to raise money through churches, through organizations, through individuals to have money to scholarship guys yep. and girls to be able to th- uh, send, send people them places. Yeah, send yeah. them to on site for a, th- a weekend for marriage retreat. Yep that's the kind of loving we want to be able to do for mm-hmm. for the leaders that we're going to get to serve. And then we'll do onsite in the middle of that, do a few more months coaching and then wrap it up with another excursion. So it's yep. 12 months. I think our heartbeat at the end is that guys would have a group of friends yep, who don't need anything from them, who aren't on payroll, but who understand their world yeah. and can ask the questions and that they would have some tools to be better equipped to manage this space. So, um, that's kind of the thing, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. No, I mean, I can't. I was talking to a guy today on the phone. And I said, I can't believe it's a reality. <laughs> we're literally sitting in my office in the basement. We've got
0: journals, books, hats, shirts, all yeah. the stuff's about to get packed to go with us
1: to serve these this first group of guys. Well, and if you think about the first meeting we had, it was sitting in, because COVID had just happened. Yep. <laughs> it's us sitting in lawn chairs in your driveway. I forgot. And we're like, we don't have a name. We don't have anything. And then... Real, less than a year later, we're about to take seventeen guys, okay. twenty-two total, yeah. with me, you, Carlos, and Steve. Like, I think that's the right math. Yeah. Like, it all—all all, <laughs> not all, what you just did, but it's no, yeah, your yeah, numbers yeah, yeah. are K- somewhat K- close. Carry the one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a kid, reason other people stay in school. Charge kids. of getting people there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> staying, oh, shoot! I forgot he was kids. coming. <laughs> um, and so like, I mean, it's just I. I I told a guy today I had lunch with, I said, we couldn't have opened this door if we had known it was there. Yep. Like it really is like all the different guys they are doing. I told someone today, I said, they go, so is it all just guys from like one camp? And I said, no, we got guys from the Ark World, Acts 29, Southern Baptist Convention, AG. UMC. like uh, Yeah, UMC. I said, we've got every awesome. type of guy that you can think of, which is also going to be amazing to watch them interact <laughs> with each other because some guys are more free in their freedom I'd than say, other yeah, guys. Sure. And so, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be fun, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just excited to see what the Lord and does.
0: One, one note about this. Cause a lot of people are asking us like, well, what are you doing for women? Or what are you doing for Christian mm-hmm. business leaders? Or uh, look, we, we're going to get there. Yeah. Oh, but for sure. But What we both know is that God called us because of a pastor, yeah. a male pastor that took his life. Yep. And so for us, we're stepping in to serve that specific space because that's probably our sweet spot right yep. now. What we're going to do is, as Josh has said the whole time, we're building the plane in the air a little bit. Yep. And so as we build this plane and as we develop the different ways we can serve leaders and churches, we, I mean, it, the, we really can't make up the different doors that no. God's opening. But it's, it's a beautiful thing because as soon as we made the decision, God, we're going to be obedient and trust you to fund it and trust you to help us create it. He's just done that. He's and done so it. Yeah. Um, I think we're overwhelmed with gratitude, but we're also overwhelmed with the... Don't screw it up. <laughs> the reality, we got some guys that, that this is important. For sure. And, and so if you're listening and it, um, you know somebody, a lead pastor, we're, we're kind of staying right now with senior level leader in the church uh, because they need to have same world. Putting youth pastor with a senior leader just doesn't fit as yeah. much, but we might down the road have a youth ministry thing yep. or a worship group. But our heartbeat is to go, how do we serve the church and make it better? Well, to do that, we help keep pastors from failing and falling and the collateral damage that comes when we lose a pastor. Our heartbeat in all of this is to be preventative in nature. How do we give you the tools before you go off the rails to keep you from going off the rails? And so that's what 1010 Project, you can find out more at 1010. Uh, Again, the word, it's number 10, the word 10, project.com. There's a promo video and you can schedule a time to... Talk to Josh or I. Figure it out a little bit more. We're starting our second group, so in June, June, our plan is to kick off with another thirty-two guys. Yep. We're starting to feel like, wow, that's it's actually that, doable. <laughs> slash, that that's, might fill up quicker yeah, than we thought. Yeah. And so we we will potentially. We're just going to kind of go based on the need. And so if all of a sudden there's a need and we got to do four or five of these groups a yep. year, done. We'll figure it out. And so we're just grateful that you guys um, listen to the story. But we, uh, you know, Josh, I just I'm excited that. Who would have known two years ago when we were in Montana?
1: That's why I felt you get I was this moving to Atlanta
0: yeah that you get this diagnosis yeah. from your daughter after you had this pretty painful departure from the church you had loved so long, yep. Then you move to Atlanta, and now we're four minutes apart building out this nonprofit to serve pastors. Yeah, and we go to Jackson Hole, Wyoming on oh Monday. That's day. not terrible. No, it's not bad at all. So, again, go to uh, 1010project.com, find out more, and uh, we actually are, uh, we have Instagram, too. We do have Instagram, yeah. and hopefully we will have to do something We have one Instagram. video on there right now, guys. It's strong. <laughs> hey, just for the record, Josh and I have been volunteering for this thing, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Once we can give it a little bit more attention, <laughs> yeah. it will be fantastic, but we... It it is like God's built the thing we wanted. We're excited. So, all right. Thanks for being with us, Josh. On the Life Giving Leader podcast.